Welcome to Testimonies with Tiffany, the podcast that is sure to challenge and grow your faith. Join me as we hear personal testimonies from ordinary people having radical encounters with Jesus. Together, we'll learn the power of believing God and His Word. I hope it inspires you to look at how God is showing Himself faithful in your life and challenges you to step out and testify. Welcome back to Testimonies with Tiffany. I'm your host, Tiffany Tombry. Today is episode number 48. Listen, if you're joining us today for the first time, welcome. I'm so excited that you have found yourself here. And I believe that it's no accident that you've decided to tune in because God loves you and wants to minister to you through this episode today. Today's guest is a very special woman to our family. I can attest that she is recklessly pursuing Jesus Christ. There is no compromise with her. She is an all-in with Jesus, and everyone around her is going to know him after she's done. She's 25 years old and has been walking with the Lord for two years now. She helps lead the ministry team for her church, which is a church of house churches. They partner with God to cultivate and sustain revival in households all across the city of Houston. She enjoys traveling and spending time with friends and family and her sweet boyfriend, Brett. I am thrilled to introduce to you today my sweet friend, Erica Johnson. Hello, Erica, and welcome to Testimonies with Tiffany. Hey, Tiffany. It's an honor to be here with you. I, I just want to thank you for taking time to be on the podcast and to testify what God's done in your life. I know that your story is pretty radical, and I know my, myself, my story is pretty radical, and I'm excited for you to have the opportunity to share it because people need to hear that God is still in the business of doing radical things. When there's a big mess, God coming in and meeting people where they're at and cleaning that mess up and, and redeeming situations and reconciling and bringing healing. And I believe that your story is all of that. And so I'm looking forward for you to share this and just, I, I believe to the core of my being that whoever's listening to this right now is going to be ministered to by the Holy Spirit through Erica's testimony. And, and you're going to walk away, I believe, with new hope in Jesus and, and a hope that says God is able to do the impossible, that, that God, God still is who he says he is and still does what he says he's going to do. So Erica, I want to go ahead and let you just take it away. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. So starting from the beginning, I grew up in a Catholic home, uh, my family on both sides, my mom's side and my dad's side all the way back um, practices Catholicism. So I grew up raised um, and kind of just around a lot of religion. I never had a relationship with Jesus. I never honestly knew that it was possible. Um, I was kind of bound by um, a spirit of religion and never had any encounters, never um, experienced the Holy Spirit, never saw um, the Lord move in power. And um, there was a few key moments in my walk as a Catholic that kind of um, established my view of Jesus and religion, the religion of Christianity at the, at those times. Um, some of those being as I was growing up, I had a CCE teacher, which is basically um, the Catholic uh, youth school. 
um, who told me as a third grader that if I didn't go to church every Sunday, that I would go to hell. And um, even things like um, if you're familiar with Catholicism, they do something called confession where you go to the priest and he's in this booth and there's a wall in between you and you confess your sins to him. And just the way that it's kind of set up was just really intimidating for me, very awkward to go and sit with this older man who I really didn't know and to tell him all the bad things that I did, all my sins. And I just felt there was a lot of condemnation around it. Um, And even that too, I had this idea that um, the priest was more so the intermediary between me and God and that I wasn't able to have my own relationship with the Lord. So I kind of, from a young age, just kind of thought that I needed to go through the priest for God to hear me and that I didn't, you know, I, then again, that, that relationship just wasn't there. Um, so I would say growing up, all I really knew about Jesus was that Mary was his mom and that he was born on Christmas. I didn't have a good grasp of the gospel. I knew Jesus died for our sins, but I didn't have any revelation on that. I didn't know what sin really was. I didn't know why like okay Jesus came and died on a cross for my sins like what does that even mean um so as I grew up and went off to college I started to stray from the faith a little bit of course there was no true encounters no solid foundation for me to stand on it was just a bunch of religion really and believing in God because I was told to and because my parents did and because if I didn't go to church every Sunday I was going to hell there was a strong fear of God, and it was, of course, the wrong fear of the Lord instilled in me. So as I went off to college, I still, I made a few services, but of course, I was starting to stray from the faith. I started to have questions. I always believed that there was a God, but I started to doubt that Jesus was the way because I had been down this path of Christianity, of Catholicism, where I didn't see any power. And I always knew that if there is a God out there and this God that's out there has got to be powerful. He's got to be eternal. He's got to be love. I always understood the characteristics of God, um, but I didn't see it properly displayed in the church. So I just kind of started to assume that Christianity wasn't the right answer. So I kind of fell from the faith a little bit and started dabbling into more so the new age ideas. Um, As I went off into college, I I changed, I started to get some health problems, just skin rashes and things of that nature. And I always had this conviction to heal my body naturally. And I didn't want to ever want to dabble too far into prescription drugs and pharmaceuticals because I could just, I could just see the symptoms of those things. And I knew that our body Um, could heal naturally and that the Lord um, has, you know, God has created things to heal with more natural means. So I changed my degree in nutrition and I started studying a diet, um, a healthy diet and herbs and essential oils and all these healthy modalities of healing. And for anyone that's familiar with healing in holistic ways and more natural means, you know that if you're not careful, some of these things can kind of teeter into the new age ideas. I started following different social media accounts and they believed in the same things I believed in. But when it came to their spiritual beliefs, they believed in new age things. 
so I didn't know where to draw the line. And here I am starting to do meditation. I'm starting to um, read my horoscope every day. I'm believing in the law of attraction and manifestation. I started participating in plant medicine stuff. So I'm starting to do all these new things and I'm seeing power in them power that I had never seen in the church. And as we know, the devil does have power. Now it's false power, but it's power nonetheless. And this started to shape my view of what the truth was. So as I went on, I graduated college and I decided to continue my education in nutrition and I moved to Florida. And um, I just briefly moved to Florida and I, I met these people who had there and they were like, Oh, you're new to Florida. Like, welcome. Um, and I, I could, I was struggling where to find, uh, where to live. It was very hard to search for a house being States away, miles away. Um, so I met these people and they, they knew I was struggling to find a house and they were nice to rent me their, one of their rooms in their house for just a few weeks until I had found the right apartment. Um, the right lease, because I really didn't want to sign like a year long lease and it not being the right place. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. I didn't even think twice about it. Um, so I moved into the extra room and I lived with them for very briefly, maybe two weeks. And one night, um, whenever I had moved in, they offered me some orange juice. And turns out this orange juice had been drugged. And immediately, as I am starting to feel the effects of this orange juice, I'm realizing, like, something very evil is happening right now. Things are not okay. I started getting very sudden. I passed out. And as I was out, I heard the audible voice of God, the audible voice of the Father in my right ear, tell me that I had made a mistake in trusting these people, that things were about to get very difficult, but to stay the course because he would deliver me. And as I was out, these people were warlocks and witches and they were performing high levels of witchcraft on me. This was no, um, you know, read a book on witchcraft for dummies. These people were very trained in high levels of the occult. They knew what they were doing. More than likely, I was not their first victim. So as I came out of being drugged, they... I came back into consciousness and they had been laying their hands on me. And as I stood up, I had tons of voices in my head. I had all kinds of spells and hexes on me where they had been laying their hands on me. It, it just ached. It was right on my back and around my neck. And that area ached for so long. And I knew that there was something spiritually on me from what they had transferred to me. And as I got up, I started to realize like my whole life was about to change. I realized the magnitude of that moment. Um, I remember looking at the man and saying, what did you do to me? And his eyes turned fully black and he laughed the most maniacal laugh. And he said, what do you mean? And they just were taunting me for the rest of the night. And in my head, I'm like, I don't know how evil these people are. I don't know to the extent this evil um, is in them. Like, are they going to kill me? Are they going to send me to sex trafficking? Like what, like what's the limit for them? 
so in my head, I'm plotting like how to get away, how to call my parents. I don't know where my phone is. Um, and keep in mind, I have like so many voices in my head that are not mine. And I was just so confused as to what was happening. And now I know that it was, I had other voices because they had transferred a bunch of evil spirits onto me. And I just, I couldn't grasp reality. So I ended up finding my phone. I called my mom immediately. I went into my room and the first words I said to my mom, I I said, are you even real? Like I I could not get a grasp on what was real and what was not. I was still drugged. I was incredibly demonized. And she was, of course, confused and very concerned. And I told her the words that no parent ever wants to hear their kids say. And that is, mom, dad, I messed up. I don't know what's happening to me, but I am in great danger. And I don't know if I will ever see you guys again. I love you both so much. And I just want to thank you for what you've done for me. But I think um, I've gotten myself into a situation that I don't think I'm going to be able to get out of. And of course, their parental instincts kick in and they are just so concerned. My dad got my mom on a private flight immediately. Keep in mind, this is during COVID, like the very cusp of COVID where everything's shutting down. Everything's an unknown. Um, we, they didn't use the, the public airports because that even was an unknown if they were going to still be letting people fly. So they got in touch with a private airport and she started flying. I got in my car. I, I gathered all the things, like maybe a, a pair of leggings, a t-shirt, a charger, and my laptop. I left everything I owned and I made an escape. I knew that the guy... Um, He woke up every morning um, and went to get Starbucks. (laughs) Thank God for a caffeine addiction. And I knew that every morning he woke up. So I knew I had about an hour to get out of there. And I just got in my car and started driving. And my mom met me at a private airport in Florida. And she drove the, the rest of the way with me back to Texas. And I got home and I was so relieved. I remember thinking to myself, wow, what a story. This will be something, you know, I can look back on and it's just going to be a crazy story. And, you know, I'm just so glad that's over. So I went to bed that night and I got demonically attacked like you would not even believe. Incredibly terrorizing nightmares all night long. And then it continued the next night and the next night, 24-7 torment every single day. Um, I was 22 years old sleeping in between my parents in their bed because it was the only way I could go to sleep was in the arms of my mother as she prayed over me. And I was only even sleeping an hour a night just because that I I wasn't sleeping at all, but the only way I got one hour is because I was so exhausted that sometimes I would just knock out. But then the moment I would get attacked, I would just wake up and just screaming, terrorized. Even some nights it was like I was being pulled down to like different realms of hell. It was incredibly scary things. And so during that month of being home, I Googled all the things I could possibly Google to figure out how to break this stuff off of me. 
I remember Googling how to break hexes, how to break spells. Um, I, I didn't know to call on the name of Jesus because my experience with Jesus was religion. It was no power. It wasn't the truth. So here I am taking salt baths, sitting in the sauna. I was doing these mantras. I was, um, I bought crystals. I was saging my house. I was just trying to get this, what I thought negative energy off of me. And so, um, none of it was working. And my mom was like, Erica, let's, let's call the Catholic priest and have him pray. And maybe that'll be it. So I was like, okay, you know, I'll give the church another shot. And we called the priest and he said, um, you know, I'm so sorry to hear that, but due to COVID, I can't, we can't meet up. I, I'll just have to say a, a little prayer for you over the phone. And once again, I was like, just really discouraged and convinced that, that Jesus wasn't the truth, that this wasn't going to be what, what helped me. So I continued Googling, trying to find the truth. I was calling out to every God you can think of, the gods of the Hindu. I was doing these different chants every night. I actually called this woman that I had met in the New Age, and she told me to do two things. She said, do these Hindu mantras, say them every night, and it's going to clear the energy in your house, and that's on you. And she said, do a second thing. And she said, do the, say the Lord's prayer every night before you go to bed. And I did both of those. And when I said the Lord's prayer, I felt, pe I felt a little bit of peace. Now, keep in mind, when you are going through intense darkness, intense terror, when you see the slightest bit of peace, you recognize it. And that's what the Lord's prayer was for me. I realized that there was something about that prayer that, that gave me a peace. And so I was, one night I was sitting in bed and was just kind of going back and forth um, on what to do. And I thought, you know, the Catholic Church failed me. Religion failed me. But Jesus has never failed me. So I called on the name of Jesus for the first time. And in that moment, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I had an encounter with the Prince of Peace in that moment. And every bit of torment ceased from that day on. Now, although the torment ended, I still knew that there were things inside of me that needed to come out. And I had no language for it. I had no grid for I still didn't have any idea of what was really happening. All I knew is that I could feel things on my head. I could feel things on my back. I could feel things moving at night that were inside of me. And I felt so crazy. I don't know how many times I was just like, this is not real life. I just, I couldn't grasp what was happening to me. It was incredibly traumatic. I remember during that month, I told my parents multiple times, like, one of you has just got to get a gun and shoot me because I cannot continue in this. It was not sustainable. There was no way um, I could have lived that for many more weeks, many more days. I was literally living day by day, hour by hour because the torment was so bad. So when I encountered the Holy Spirit and I knew that Jesus was the truth, I began to hunger and dig for more. And that led me to reading my Bible for the very first time. And I just read and read and read. And the beautiful thing about it is when I read my Bible, I did it. So I began to read my Bible 
every night relentlessly i would just read and read and read for hours and the beautiful thing about it is when i read the word of god i didn't read it through the lens of religion i didn't read it through the perspective of of some man's limitation told me what to believe or not to believe so when i read specifically mark 16 when he says in my name those who believe will cast out demons they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover I, I believe those things to be true when it says that we should do the things Jesus did, but even greater, I believe that to be true. So as a, as a young Christian, I started to walk in the truth of, of the gospel and of what Jesus died for and the fullness of it. And so as I started to read these things, I remember specifically coming across the part where Jesus is casting out demons and I remember telling my mom and dad, I was just freaking out that day. I was like, mom, dad, look, there's demons. He's casting them out. Like, this is true. I'm not crazy. These are demons that are inside of me. And I was so like excited to have found truth, more truth, more nuggets. So my journey began in the realm of deliverance. And um, I started contacting churches around me. I knew all I needed to do was find a believer find someone that believed in Jesus and they could pray for me and these demons would come out of me. And sadly, that's not what I found. I found many, many, many churches that denied the ministry of Jesus, that denied deliverance. And it was hard for me to comprehend at the time. I didn't understand that it was like a highly debated topic. So it kind of grieved me because I knew what the answer was, but I didn't know who could pray for me. So um, I started going on YouTube and I was Googling like, or I was um, researching like different deliverance videos and I was learning all about it. And I was finding these deliverance ministers all across the United States. And there's one in particular that I, I really felt drawn to and I saw a lot of fruit from his ministry. So he was traveling, he was doing um, some revival events, and I actually flew to Atlanta, Georgia to go to one of his events, and I received deliverance for the very first time, and it was just one of many sessions, or one of many, um, yeah, sessions um, of deliverance that I would go through, but it was the start of something so beautiful, it was the start of freedom, of true freedom, freedom that I had never experienced in my life, um, and, and honestly, as exciting as it was, looking back, it still kind of saddens me that I had to, to go somewhere that's, you know, 10 hours, 15 hours away from my house just to receive this freedom. So it's something I've become really passionate about as I received more and more freedom. Um, the Lord began to teach me about deliverance and train me up in it and, He's blessed me with um, a great church family and um, where I was able to freely just, you know, pray for people for deliverance and um, kind of grow in that and grow in my relationship with him. So it's been a wild ride. Um, he has been so faithful to me. I have gotten to experience so much in such a short time. It still feels surreal to me that I've only been a born again believer for two years, but I'm just so grateful um, for all that he's done for me. I'm so grateful 
Um, you know, I remember being in the midst of that torment and thinking, God, I don't know if I'm ever going to get out of this, but if I do, like, I will be, you know, I will forever. I know there's a reason. I know there's a reason that this is happening. I don't understand it yet, but I know there's a reason. And now as I go and I share my testimony and people get receive freedom and receive revelation, it makes those moments of torment and just confusion and terror, it makes it all worth it because I'm able to see others be set free. Others understand more and more a new realm of Jesus's ministry, which is a third of it. And that is deliverance. So, (laughs) so good. Oh man. I've been writing notes the whole time you've been talking. So, (laughs) and the Lord just gave me another scripture. So I'm trying to get it in my notes so we can talk about it. Okay. There's so many things that I do want to talk about. And I mean, just listening to this gets me fired up the whole (laughs) last part of the conversation about traveling 15 hours. Yes. I'm like, are you kidding me? If you're listening right now and you're a believer of Jesus, this nonsense has to stop. We have to be looking like Jesus. And Jesus said, you will perform and do greater things than I have done. Like we have to start looking like Jesus. Oh man. Amen. Okay. So I want to start from the beginning and go back to that. We'll circle back around to that. Cause I have some stuff I want to sit on with that, but I love what you said about, um, distinguishing from the very beginning. There's a difference between religion and relationship. Yeah. And I think so often that people get bound up in a spirit of religion and at the bottom, the bottom line of it is religion is the law. It's Mm -hmm. you have to do this. You have to do that. You all these good works. It's in the arm of the flesh. The spirit of God is not in it. There's no grace in it. And the truth of the matter is we will not be able to fulfill the law like ever. It's just, it's impossible. That's why Jesus went to the Christ and his blood was shed. And so I want to encourage you, if you're listening today and you are at a church where the gifts of the Spirit are not moving, and maybe you're saying, Tiffany, I don't even know what the gifts of the Spirit are. Go to the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 13, look in Romans. Mm -hmm. talks about gifts of the Spirit, healing, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, uh, discernment, uh, prophecy. Okay, If you're not seeing these gifts moving in your church, if they are not talking about casting out demons, if they are not talking about even the fruits of the Spirit, And letting the Holy Spirit move, you need to think twice about staying at that church. Because that could be a very good indicator that the church is spiritually dead. And you don't want to be a part of that. The Bible says in Matthew, I believe it's Matthew 25, he's talking about the Pharisees. And he's like, you look like whitewashed tombs. Like you're beautiful Mm -hmm. on the outside, but you are dead inside. And I implore you not to be just dead, just you look beautiful on the outside to everybody you know, oh, she has it all together. She looks so good. She parents so good. Her marriage is so good. Oh, she's so good. But inside you're rotting, you're dying. You you don't have peace. You don't have joy. You don't have love. Oh, I I encourage you do not. It's so important. We know from Erica's story. It is so important who you're surrounding you around, like who you're surrounding yourself with. Mm -hmm. Who are you listening to? The Bible says this in Hebrews 11. It says faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of the Lord. I say this over and over. Whatever has your ears, has your faith. 
if if gossip has your ears, it has your faith. If sickness has your ears, it has your faith. If horoscopes and mm-hmm. uh, witchcraft and rebellion has your ears, then that's all out because that's all you're filling yourself up with. And so mm-hmm. it's so important that we we surround ourselves with people who love Jesus in heart, who are truly looking like Jesus. And maybe you're asking, well, what does that mean? Erica expressed it really well. Casting out demons, knowing how to bring someone through deliverance, um, inner healing, knowing how to identify what is the lie of the enemy and what's the truth of God? What is God's truth about this situation? Being able to identify and break agreement with lies and usher in the peace and truth of God um, that are, I mean, the whole Bible and campus is what Jesus looks like. Um, so it's important Amen. that we're, we're, we're striving to look like our father. We're striving every day to look more and more like Jesus. When opportunity presents itself, we choose the way that honors the Lord. And so I love that right from the get go, you say religion and relationship Re- relationship mm-hmm. is grace. It's freedom. It's, it's, it's amazing to be in a relationship. I mean, we just need to think about, you know, when we're in a relationship with a loved one, or maybe you're listening and you're married in in a relationship with your spouse, what does it mean to be in a relationship? There's give and take, there's respect, there's love and honor. There's, and there's a communication going back and forth. Our relationship with the Lord looks the same. He speaks to us. He loves us. We honor him. He gives us grace, all these things. So relationship is freeing. Religion is causing you to be bound up. You just, you feel like you can never arrive. You're never Mm going to be good enough. You're never, you can never do X, Y, and Z to make a person happy or, or whatever. It's, it's, it's not freeing. It's, it's like prison being in prison. It's awful. So I, I, I love, I love, love, love that you talked about that. You talked about there's no condemnation. Man, that goes back to religion and relationship. When you're in relationship with Jesus, the Bible says in Romans 8, verse 1, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Yes. There is no yes. condemnation, which means that even when, if we sin, there's conviction. Conviction is different than condemnation. Conviction says, you know better. You know better. Condemnation says, shame on you. You should feel guilty. You should feel humiliated. You should feel embarrassed. You're a low life. You're never going to amount to anything. I can never forgive you. It's this guilt. It, it makes you feel yuck. But a conviction makes me think, oh, man, I just disappointed my father, my heavenly father. Oh, I knew that I should have made a better choice. But knowing that there's forgiveness, I can repent. I, he can help. God can help me turn away from that. And I can do better next time. The Bible says when um, that God doesn't tempt anyone. Let no one say that he is tempted by God for God cannot be tempted by evil. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. That is out of James. And so the Bible says in Corinthians that when you find yourself in a place of temptation, God provides a way of escape. That's who God is. He provides a way of escape. It's calling on the name of the Lord and saying, God, where's my way of escape? I don't want to make this choice, but I, and I need a way of escape. So there's a big difference between condemnation and convic- uh, conviction. So I'm glad that you talked about that too. Um, dude, Erica, how important <laughs> is it about having a true encounter with Christ? Oh my gosh. It solidifies everything. And, and it, it comes to mind the scripture where it says the kingdom of God is not of talk, but of power. Like I 
all my life I was hearing talk. I was hearing religion. But when I encountered the spirit of the Lord, when I experienced the power of God, that changed everything. It solidified the gospel. It solidified the words that I had been taught. Without the encounter, there's nothing to base the faith off of. Everything is just knowledge, head knowledge. But whenever you experience him, it it, it, it brings a deeper level of that truth. It brings in the, the realness of him and it brings in the relationship. So at that moment is when everything changed. God was no longer just a checkbox. Praying was no longer a checkbox. It was something I desired to do because I knew that now I can know him. It's so good. And I love, 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 love for everybody listening. Erica went on and on all the things she tried. I bet if she sat down, you sat down and you made a list. You probably tried over a hundred things. She tried every religion, every God, every source of witchcraft there is. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of a story. My husband tells this story all the time. He he, my husband is a book nerd. He loves to read. I love that he loves to read. Um, But he always tells this story when we're in a setting and an opportunity presents itself. But a minister, oh, in another country somewhere was holding a crusade. And there was lots of people that were sick and lame at this crusade. And there was all different religions represented. And the the minister in the pulpit said, if you're sick, I want you to to come to the altar. And um, we're going to, we're going to, you know, you're going to be healed. And the minister went on to say, in the name of Buddha, those in the wheelchair stand up and walk. And nobody stood up. And he said, in the name of Muhammad, rise up. And nothing happened. And he went on and on. He called out all these gods of all these different religions. And he went on. And in fact, the the writing goes on to say that he thought that he was going to get like martyred because the the crowd was starting to get angry. Like what, you know, because they felt like, how could you mock our gods? And then he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And immediately miracles began to break out. People in wheelchairs stood up. The blind eyes were open. Deaf ears began to hear. There was just a roar that came over the, the crusade of healing that broke out. And that's what, when you told that story, I was like, oh my goodness, this reminds me of the story my husband always tells. And and it's true. And it, it goes back to a, an encounter. I remember my first encounter with the Lord, like, like wow, eye-opening encounter. And Erica, I can say the same thing, same thing. My life has never been the same. That, that was like, it was like a, a line in the sand. Like I'm never going back. Jesus Christ is real and you can never convince me otherwise. And, um, and, and so encounters are important. So if you're listening today and you have not had an encounter with Christ, listen, the Bible says in the new Testament in acts, what, what God does for one person, what God did for Erica he will do for you. What God has done for me, he will do for you. So if you have not had a real encounter with the Lord, at the end of this episode, we're going to pray that you have an encounter, but at, begin to ask the Lord to show himself. He will we'll go back to Genesis, Genesis three in the garden. The Bible says that Adam and Eve heard the Lord walking in the cool of the day. God from the very beginning has been revealing himself to, to, to humanity. We, uh, then you talked about hearing the audible, audible voice of God. And you know what? Maybe you're like, what? Erica actually heard like the voice of God. People do hear the voice of God. Go back to Samuel, 1 Samuel mm-hmm. chapter 3. 
Samuel hears the voice of God. Like God speaks to his people however however he wants to and and he knows how each children's going to each child's going to respond. And in that moment, that's what Erica needed. Erica needed to hear the audible voice of God in a, in a moment of being vexed with demons and possessed and tormented she needed to hear the audible voice of god um and so the audible voice of god it's a real thing the bible you can go through there's different accounts but first samuel 3 for sure if you want scripture to go back and verify that erica let's talk about this for a second this whole erica's whole testimony i know erica some people are probably listening thinking what the heck am i listening to (laughs) they're talking about demons and not just one, but like legions. They're talking about vex. They're talking about witchcraft. They're talking about possession. They're talking about manifestations. They're talking about mm-hmm. deliverance. So if you're that person and you are like ready to click off, I want to encourage you don't because this is true. Mm-hmm. And let's just talk about Ephesians 6 because I feel like that just sums it all up. For those who need scripture background to what Erica has lived out and what we've been talking about. Ephesians 6 says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. That's, that's it right there. Mm -hmm. That's what Erica has encountered firsthand. She has encountered principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, Mm -hmm. spiritual hosts in wicked places. It is a real Sadly, we don't hear it preached in the pulpit a lot, which is what Erica was talking about, that she had to go 10 to 15 hours away to experience deliverance. Friend, that should not be the case at all. We need to be living like Jesus. We need to, we need to be having conversations like this. This needs to become the normal talking about demons and rulers of principality, Ephesians six, this should be something normal that Christians are. Yes. um, that that you know it's just normal it's part of our lingo it's not Mm -hmm. something unusual it's not something scary because erica at the end of the day what does first john 4 4 say greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world world. yes so erica do you have any like anything to add to like ephesians 6 or just like how how god has used you in deliverance or maybe um covering some questions that you know you get asked when you're because you're living this life Erica yeah. had uh, you she for those who don't know maybe didn't catch the beginning she plants home churches all over Houston and she's in the ministry of deliverance she actually just went um to Honduras right that's where you Nicaragua went. Nicaragua Nigra- Nicaragua okay and deliverance there and stuff and so would you just kind of talk about some of that maybe some things yeah. that that stand out to you that are asked a lot or yeah yeah, so so first thing is testimony can be a shock to many people because it was a shock to me too before I experienced those things if you were to talk to me about witchcraft I wouldn't believe you either I had no grid I had heard about witches you know on Hollywood but I had no idea how real those things were and let me tell you there's witchcraft in Haiti there's witchcraft in Africa but be not confused that there is witchcraft in America and it is very real and it is coming up against the church in this hour as the Lord has his church the devil has his minions too so we have got to be aware that it there is a very real enemy and that this enemy like Tiffany was talking about we wrestle 
not of flesh and blood. We have to understand that there is a spiritual realm that is very much real. It is more real than the physical. We are, there is demons, there is principalities, and we go, you know, for so long, never hearing about these things in church and people hear my testimony and they're hearing about the demonic and, you know, it kind of just sparks their attention. Sometimes it can aggravate a spirit of religion because they don't want to believe in these things, but it's true. And now that I'm in the realm of deliverance, I am seeing person after person after person being delivered. And let me tell you guys, these are not people with testimonies as dark as mine. These are people that have been in the church for years and years and years, spirit-filled churches getting delivered of things that they had no idea were there. Do not be confused that it does not take witchcraft. It does not take a Ouija board to get a demon. These spirits will come in through every open door that you allow open. They are very subtle. Sin is sin. When you sin, you open a door. Now, not every time does something come in through that door, but an open door is an open door. So yes, sometimes when we open door, when we play with sin, when we go against the laws of God, there there is consequences to that. There's a spiritual realm that is in action. So as my time doing deliverance, I have seen, I have so many deliverance testimonies. I mean, I could just talk for days and days and days, but I do have to say, I have just been so grieved by the lack of deliverance in the church. And guys, it is so clear that deliverance is a part of the ministry of Jesus. It is a third of what he did. It he is going from town to town casting demons out. And for those of you who say, you know, well, well, Christians can't have a demon. Guys, that's who he was casting the demons out of. It says clearly that deliverance is the children's bread. Jesus went from synagogue to synagogue casting these demons out. We have to awaken to the reality that the Bible is still true. We don't get to cherry pick what is true and what is not just because we're not comfortable with what it says. I will tell you, I'm do being in the realm of deliverance now. I am like, we have people driving as far as Dallas and San Antonio all over the state to come to our church services they, because they know we do deliverance. I just counted today that I have 10 deliverance sessions scheduled within the next two weeks. I'm completely booked with deliverances all the time because people are searching for freedom. People are searching for people that will stand up and say, Hey, I follow Jesus. And not only do I follow Jesus, I do the things Jesus does. I look like Jesus. No longer, we are in an hour where we have got to stand up and look like the church. There is a world that is fallen and it is falling more and more. We are in the end times. Obviously, we see that things are changing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Every day is a day closer for the return of Jesus. And that means that there is a harvest that is coming in. And this harvest is coming in from a very dark world. And when they come to the revelation of Jesus, they need freedom. They have been dabbling in the things of the world. They have been opening doors here and there and everywhere, and they need freedom. And they can't just be one or two churches, one or two Christians doing the ministry of Jesus. We are literally drowning in people who need deliverance. And we are, this is our church's heart cry is to train other believers because we've mm -hmm. gone for so long ignoring this part of what Jesus did. Yeah. It's true. 
It's true. I think about Matthew 15, 22, a Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is vexed and terribly suffering. She was possessed with demons. Like that's New Testament, Matthew 15. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, you're, you're going to see it in the Bible. It is for today. I love Mark 16. That like we've been mandated with Mark 16. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. They shall speak in different tongues. They shall cast out demons. Mark 16, again, New Testament. Some people will say, oh, that was for then. That's not for now. We're new covenant. We're under the blood of Jesus. That's in the New Testament. Like, yes, we've got to be looking like Jesus. So, you know, Erica, what do you say for people listening? And they're like, okay, well, um, how do I know if I need deliverance or where, how, I mean, it can't be that hard to do deliverance. I want to say it's not hard at all. It's, Mm -mm. I, it's identifying it's working with the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. I mean, simply it's working with the Holy spirit. It's not coming out of your, in the flesh, you know, in your own uh, power, but by the power of God, you're, you're listening to Holy spirit and you're just doing what the Lord tells you to do. Um, but do you want to touch on that for a second? Just, you know, if, if someone's wondering, like, do I need to go through deliverance? Do I like, what do I do if I feel like, oh, I do need some deliverance? Like what should I do? Yeah. So a few signs that you, something could be, that you could need deliverance, which we're seeing now about 90% of our church, including the leaders, have gone through some sort of deliverance. And we're finding, even if it's something small, guys, the Bible says that there is a spirit of fear. There is, and we do deliverance all the time. We see spirits of depression, spirits of jealousy, even the small things, which keep in mind, Not everything is a demon. Some things are the flesh. Some things we're just battling with from just because we're human and we're dealing with the flesh. But there are spirits. Um, People need to recognize that there's there's more spirits than we think. Um, These things look um, can look different. So if there's a specific sin that you can't get out of, more than likely it's demonic. If you can't break it, there's a spirit of addiction that we see all the time. Um, one thing that's very common is if you um, go to, if you constantly are having nightmares, if you're constantly, we see this one a lot, um, people are, who are being molested in their sleep, the world likes to call this quote unquote wet dreams, but it's demonic and it's called a spirit spouse. We're seeing this all the time. Um, let's see what else. If there's just, you know, certain uh emotions that you just they just overcome you and it doesn't even feel like you anymore like you get in these bits of anger or this sadness that just feels uncontrollable usually there's a spirit there that's behind that so those are some signs and there's plenty more but yeah if if you are in need of deliverance the first thing is go to your pastor and see if they do it you know if not reach out to the churches reach out to to me you can have tiffany get in touch with me and i can plug you into some Um, ministers around the area that would schedule some deliverance for you. But I am very grateful that in this hour, we are seeing more and more churches step up into this. And it's like the the Lord is truly redeeming the ministry of deliverance. And he's, you know, bringing bringing it into his churches. And I'm seeing a lot more teachings on it. So I am excited. I am hopeful. I know that, um, 
that this this subject is going to come to light and it will be restored and redeemed in Jesus name. You know, Erica, I want to touch base again on what you said earlier is that not everything we go through is a demon. There's not demons behiding, hiding behind every bush. Um, that's a saying that we say in the Christian circle that, you know, we need the Holy Spirit to give us discernment. It comes down to discernment. Is there something that like, I just feel like I can't break. You mentioned, you know, being angry or overly sad, or um, maybe it's even with eating. Like I just, when I, my emotions go crazy, I just eat a lot and I can't seem to break it. Or maybe it's lying. Maybe for someone listening, you just deal with, you want to tell the truth, but you find yourself just lie after lie after lie. There's a stronghold there. There's a spirit there that God wants to deal with. He wants to expose it and he wants us to cast it out. And it's as simple as saying, in the name of Jesus, I command this spirit of depression to leave right now. And we take it by faith. Our salvation, we take by faith. Healing, we take by faith. Everything that deals with Jesus, we have to take by faith. It's by grace, we're, by grace through faith, we're saved. And so um, I just want to encourage you listening that that it's really just partnering with Holy Spirit, doing inventory on your heart, laying your heart before the Lord, laying your life before the Lord. God, am I being oppressed by any spirits? Is there a stronghold in my life that we need to deal with? Holy Spirit, will you show it? I just recently went through a freedom session myself. Our church does deliverance. They call them freedom sessions. And I went through one myself and Holy Spirit began to show things to me that I had no idea I had held on to. Unforgiveness in my heart. Um, towards some family members from things that happened in my childhood. And, and the Lord showed me unforgiveness in my heart towards my husband on a, a matter I had completely forgot about. And see, God is a gentleman. And when Holy Spirit showed me this stuff, I, I just repented. God, forgive me for unforgiveness in my heart. And I break the spirit of infirmity off my life or I break the spirit of depression off my life. And I shut the door, the, the door and they gave the enemy legal access with was unforgiveness in my heart. I shut that door through repentance and and asking Father, you know, just to cleanse me of all unrighteousness and releasing those people and then breaking that agreement with the enemy by the blood of Jesus and it's done. And I, and immediately I felt a a sense a shift, I felt a peace um and I've just felt a momentum and and so the thing about being a Christian is we're we have to maintain deliverance and we're always being delivered. That word saved in the Bible in the New Testament means that you were saved, you are being saved and you will be saved. So it's past, present and future. And the Bible says that we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So that's that word salvation. And so I just want to encourage you. It's it's just being in fellowship with Jesus and partnering with Holy Spirit and asking for discernment and just really just keeping um, inventory on your heart and your life before the Lord and, and, and just being aware, is there, is there a behavior that I've been in a pattern and I need the Holy Spirit to help me, you know, to give me discernment and then that needs to be broke through prayer. Maybe it's through fasting and prayer. Maybe it's calling on the elders of the church. James 5 says that. Maybe it is going, you know, through a deliverance session, a freedom session. Um, but these things don't have to be scary. Um, God is greater than those things, and God 
we have the victory through Christ Jesus in the blood. And so I just want to encourage you that deliverance is exciting because it means that we walk in a new level of freedom, a new level of understanding and revelation in the atonement, what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Okay, Erica, I was wondering if you had anything else you wanted to add before we close out in prayer. Is there anything else that you want to touch base on? No, I just, I'm just grateful for the opportunity. I love sharing, um, you know, glorifying the Lord and what he's done for me. And it just brings me joy to share, um, especially the realm of deliverance and to kind of bring light there. Cause I know, you know, the body of Christ has kind of been deficient in, in that area. So, um, I love seeing people empowered in that and equipped and sent and, and just realizing the authority that we have in Jesus, um, that the power is in his name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, we, we truly have been given so much. So that just I, I love um, shining light on that and seeing believers equipped and empowered. And yeah. Amen. Amen. And that's what it's all about. Uh, I was mentioning earlier, it's just like when we know the truth as a person, Jesus Christ, we experience true freedom. Mm-hmm. And and that Jesus, when Jesus said it was finished, he got the keys to the kingdom. And he's given mm-hmm. us keys that we can be victorious this side of eternity, that we can walk in freedom. And that it's it's an exciting thing. It's, it's, it's an amazing, amazing mm-hmm. thing to walk in wholeness. Um, there's really nothing like it. And so Amen. I know I'm, I am in pursuit of just walking, walking in wholeness and being able to just a pure sound coming forth, um, you know, healed of wounds and, and all of those things, just being whole to be able to minister to other people and love yeah. on other people. Um, yeah. So I would love if we can pray for those who have been listening, just however the Holy Spirit wants to lead, I'll have you open and then I'll close and that'll conclude our episode today. Oh. All right, Father, I just thank you for every person listening, Lord. I thank you that you are giving them new eyes to see and new ears to hear, Lord. And I just pray that this fresh revelation finds a place to land in their hearts, Lord, and that they would just see um, all that the cross entails, Lord, and that they would receive it, Lord, that you didn't just die for our salvation. You just didn't die for eternal life, Lord, but that you you died so we could be free now, that we could be healed now. So I just pray for everyone listening, Lord, that they be empowered in the full works of of Jesus, the full promises of the cross, everything that Calvary entailed, Lord. I pray for your authority, the authority they have in you, Lord, to be known to them, God. Holy Spirit, I ask that you touch everyone listening, Lord. Make yourself known to them in new ways, Lord. May they know that they can have relationship with you, Lord. We just come against the works of religion, And we speak forth relationship, Lord. May they know you. May they encounter you in new and deeper ways, God. I thank you for everyone listening, Lord. And I thank you that you have a calling for each and every one of them. And you are, your will is to equip them all, Lord. It is your will that they all may prophesy, that they all may cast out demons and heal the sick, sick Lord. This is not just for the anointed man of God, but this is for all believers. We thank you, Jesus, and we love you. 
Yes, Lord. And Father, I thank you. I thank you, God, that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And listen, if if you've been listening right now and, and you're like, okay, yeah, I know that's real. I get it. Uh, uh, yeah, but you've never given your life to Jesus. Or maybe you've given your life to Jesus, but you've walked away and you need to just just make it known that you're rededicating your life. You're giving it back to Jesus. You want him to be the Lord of your life. The Bible says that Jesus came in the form of flesh and he lived a perfect life and that he went to the cross and he, he carried our sins. The Bible says that he was beat beyond recognition. He was, his body was flogged and tore apart and he hung on a cross and his blood was poured out. And the Bible says that he was buried for three days. And on the third day, he rose again. And the Bible says that he's coming back. And, and, and in Romans, it says that if you believe that in your heart, if you believe that Jesus really did take it all on the cross and that his blood was poured out for you and that you confess it with your mouth, that, that, you're, that, you're, that you will be saved, that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I want to encourage you right now to just cry out to the Lord where you're at and, and make him the Lord of your life. Jesus, I recognize that you died on the cross for my sins, and I want you to come and be the Lord of my life. Come and come and take reign in my life. Sit on my heart. Be the Lordship of all that I am. And the Bible says, one of the angels are rejoicing in heaven. The, the Bible says that angels are throwing a party in heaven because you have said yes to Jesus. And, and maybe if you're listening, you're like, I already know Jesus. I've walked away, but I'm giving my life back. Just cry out to him and say, God, I give it back to you. I repent for walking in rebellion and turning my back on you. But I know that you're faithful and, and, I, and I choose you and, and help me. Help me, Lord. And, and God, I pray for those listening. Lord, that um, are curious about deliverance and want to know more. I pray that you'd give them revelation. I pray that you'd speak through them through your word. I pray that you'd bring like-minded believers around them. Bring Mark 16 believers around them. That, that the signs follow them that believe. God, I pray for those that are in churches where it's spiritually dead, that you would use them to awaken that church, that, that group of people, that you would use them to to bring the fire of God into that place or that you would call them out into another place, God, but that you would make it clear, Father. I thank you that you're awakening our hearts in this hour. You're awakening us to your love and to your power and to your sovereignty, God. So I bless I bless those listening today, God. I thank you that that you delivered Erica, that you set her free, God. I thank you that you called her to the ministry of deliverance, God. I thank you that you're using her, that she's a Mark 16 believer, God. I thank you, and I bless her in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Erica, thank you so much for giving me your time and sharing your story. It was amazing. Thank you so much, Tiffany. It was a pleasure. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's going to conclude our episode today on Testimonies with Tiffany. Remember, you do what's possible and let God do what's impossible. Thanks for listening to Testimonies with Tiffany. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review online. To catch all the latest from Tiffany, you can follow her on Instagram at TifferTom, and you can subscribe to her email list to get exclusive updates at 
travisandtiffanytombry.com. That's all spelled out. (laughs) Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.